0: And so this morning, I thought it'd be great just to start off this uh, faith, love, hope season Um, just just in a moment of prayer and just in a moment of of believing and standing with fellow Christians. But um, in Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of of the Holy Spirit. I, I looked at this scripture. I, I love this scripture. The, the statement that it puts in there is a confident hope. I, I pray that as Christians, we have a confident hope. Yeah. Each and every one of us actually has to have a confident hope in our Savior. You know, If we don't have that hope in God, if we don't have that hope in Jesus, well, then where do we stand as Christians? Where do we actually stand as Christians, if you start to read through, it says, hey, that we have a confident hope that we trust him, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, the ha- power of the Holy Spirit actually has to be alive in us as well. For us to have a confident hope, we actually have to be baptized in the spirit of God. Woo-hoo. Yes, we are Pentecostals. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't shy away from the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it is our guarantee that God gives us for salvation. If you read through the Scriptures, it says as soon as you become His, as soon as you say the prayer, as soon as you believe, it says He sends His Holy Spirit to be a guarantee. When His Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we can have a confident hope. You and I can walk with confidence when we walk out these doors. into any situation in life we can walk with confidence. I I love King David. uh, uh, Reading through his life from a young shepherd boy right through to a king, he walked with confidence. He walked in the power of the Spirit. He, He walked with that knowing that I am marked by God. How many of you right now could honestly say that you're marked by God? With with confidence, knowing that God has something better for you. Knowing that God is with you. Knowing that God orders the ways of your your steps. He orders the path. David had that, that confidence. It wasn't about him making things happen. It was about having confidence in God that he will make things happen. There is a difference. There, there are a lot of Christians trying to push their own agenda, trying to push through in their own strength, and, they, and in turn, when they start to do that, they start to burn out. But there's another way to live life. The best way to live life is to let God go before you. The best way to live life is to let God open those doors. Instead of worrying about tomorrow for yourself, but let God do the worrying. That's what I reckon. It's a great deal. Uh, you'll grow grey later. I was was thinking you'll go bald late, but no. I'm thinking of Tim Mack, no. (laughs) But those things. David. But you read through and, and, and David, there is more written about David than any other person in the Bible except Jesus. The statement has said that he was a man after God's own heart, but I want to say today, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. I believe that he just knew how to repent really quick. I don't know, if you read through the Bible, he repents really quick, sometimes quicker than others. But today, I want to have a quick look, and, and Psalm 23 gives us a lot of keys, Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love David. He knew how to walk with God. No matter the circumstance. No matter the circumstance that you're going through today, no matter the situation that you're In today, God is there. God is there. God is there. The first thing that we could take out of this is that he makes the statement, I shall not want. In other words, he's saying, you won't lack. You won't lack. We, We live in a world today where that actually has lack actually has lack, lack of enough in other terms, lack of enough, you know, no matter how much you have or how much they have, it's like they never have enough, has anyone ever met someone like that, it's like you walk in and and you go to buy them a present and you're like, what do you buy them, they already have everything, anyone else got friends like that, it's like they could have everything that they want but but sometimes uh, people that live like that is that enough is not enough and that's the world that we live in right now you get to a stage where you think you have it all but there is always something else you know and and this is a materialistic side of lack you know i will have enough when i get the new house who knows that when you get the new house you always want Another house, or when I get a better car, there's always another car, or when I get a boat, there's always a, a bigger boat, or you know, when, there, when I get the job promotion, I'm always looking for the next thing. Like it, it's like we have this void in our heart where enough is never enough. Yeah. But David is here and he's saying, I, I will not lack, I, I will not want. I think, as Christians, we've got to pull ourselves away and go, you know what, the only thing that we need, the only thing that I lack is Christ himself. And when you have Christ himself, you know, you will find that peace, that I have enough. Because at the end of the day, you can't take this stuff with you. At the end of the day, if you're saving a huge inheritance for your kids... They're going to enjoy it, not you. I I love that insurance ad or super ad where you see the grandparents, they're out, they're spending the inheritance. (laughs) They're leaving nothing for no one. (laughs) But it's like we try to... But then sometimes we can miss the purpose of why God has put us here on this planet. Because we're trying to get the next thing instead of outworking his purposes for our life David's like hey listen I will not lack Proverbs 27 20 it says the eyes of men are never satisfied they're never satisfied they'll always want like even from a young age they'll always want you know having four kids and you have a packet of never ending tim tams they think Who knows that the Tim Tams always run out? Who knows that there's never an even number in there? Who knows that there's always just one left on the plate? And and as soon as you add kids to the equation, and, and if they're anything like my kids, it's like they've all got one in each hand, one is going down, so which means I've got one in the mouth, I can move this one to this hand, and then this hand can just sit over the last Tim Tam so no one else can get it. <laughs> Anyone else's kids like that? Like, honestly, it's like built into us. It's like we're going to miss out. I- I'm going to lack. If I, if I don't get that, I'm going to lack something. Like, we have this lack, lack mentality. Like, I- I've told this story a hundred times, I think, growing up. I was one of four in a pastor's home. And mum and dad would just buy one can of Coke between the four of us. How cruel is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, so cruel, because you would be watching like a hawk. Like a hawk. And, and I know you're all laughing, but as you grow up, you still have the same thought process. Oh, wow. Wow. You know when someone comes over and there's the last Tim Tam? And you're like, I hope they go home and leave that one for me. (laughs) That's just the guys in this building, I know. The wives, you're so generous. Uh, It's built into our human nature. The lack, lack is a mentality. And as Christians, we can't afford to live in a lack mentality. We can't afford to live our lives like that. David had learnt to go beyond that. You know, we can... And what we've got to understand is that when we get into that lack mentality, it stifles our creativity that God has given us. It stifles the creativity that God has given us. It stifles the ideas, the dreams, the the things that could be. Because we look from a world of, you know, I, I don't have... The resources to go out and start that business. I don't have the resources to actually go and do that investment where, where God's saying, you know what, you, you don't lack anything. I've given you everything. I've given you faith. I've given you confidence. I've given you hope. And I just want you to step out. You've just got to knock on enough doors until you get a yes. Breaking the lack mentality. Breaking through into the next. A lot of us move into the lack mentality with our relationships with our friendships we've got to make sure that we never let lack rule our friendships never never let that thing that you know what that you know they're just my friend and no one else can hang around them that you know if i share them with others that i'd be losing out but make make sure that you have open relationships not open marriages I'm talking about friendships. Marriages between a man and a woman and God. Let's clarify that. Because some of you will walk out and go, oh, it's open. I'm like, no. <laughs> quote, close. Like, but having, because what happens is as soon as you start to include more people in your world, what takes place? More value comes. Is it, it enriches your life? It enriches our life. I would pray that as Christians, as, as people start to come and you know make decisions for God, is that you would open up your home, you would open up your life to include them so that you could show them the way to live. Yep. Because there are people that walk through these doors that have no Christian reference. They, they, have, they don't have the foundations that maybe we have. we growing up in church, so they, they don't know about the blood of the Lamb that is sitting right here. They don't know about, they they, they look at those things and we take communion and it's like, why are we eating someone's body? And It's so you can help them understand those things, the representation of what it means to us as Christians. It enriches our life because we get to share our faith and in turn enriches them. Don't have a lack mentality. God has never called us to live in the realm of lack. Philippians 4.19, it says... And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Yeah. His, today, we need to live in his riches. Uh, we need to live in his revelation in glory by Jesus Christ. David had this realization that, you know, that God was his provider. That God has always called us to live in a realm of possibility, more than enough, and faith. He's called you and I to live in that realm of faith more than enough and possibility. The possibility. Possibility. You know, when you pray for someone, there is a possibility that God will come through, that miracles will take place. When you pray, you will see more miracles. It's a funny thing, that. (laughs) Oh, someone's sick. Oh, great. I'll just send them some flowers. But if you go and pray for them, the possibility, the God will move. You'll share your faith. You know, when David was on the battlefield with Goliath, he was living in the realm of possibility and faith. It was a realm of possibility and faith. Now, as we get older, we become more cynical. And more like, oh, I just live in the world of reality. No, you've just lost your faith. You've lost your edge. Don't lose your edge. As you get older, don't lose the edge of faith. Don't lose the edge of God can come through. Don't lose the edge of possibility. And if God doesn't come through, so? So? It doesn't matter. But what happens if he does? And sometimes it doesn't happen in our time, but it happens in his time. Lack. Live in the realm of possibility and faith. The second thing he has is, I will fear no evil. In life, one thing is for certain. There's one thing that is for certain in life is that each and every one of us will go through a valley experience. And some of us will go through, no, I was going to say, some of us will go through one, no, I'll be lying. You're going to go through many. I just want to encourage you today. (laughs) There's going to be many valleys in your life, many mountaintops. But what what I find is, it's not necessarily in the destination, but it's in the journey. It's in who we're becoming in those moments in those moments for some of us here it could be the loss of a loved one unexpectedly it could be those moments and even in my own life where i've lost loved ones that were unexpected it was like wow they've gone already like that was supposed to live to at least 90 and what's taken place like the the unexpected that comes the valleys that you've got to go through you, David's, he's, uh, even though I'm in the valley, I will still put my faith in you. Yeah. You know uh, The syps, uh, medical symptom of a, of a close w- loved one. There's a valley where you're believing, your faith is in your heart, the financial hardship. There, there's going to be times where it's like, you know, the money tree out the back has shrunk. And, and the kids are coming to you and you're like, yes. But there's those moments where you, where you go, God, even though right now in this situation, this valley moment, it, it is only for a moment, it's only for a season. I know my faith is in you, it will come through. The relationship breakdowns that happen around you, those valley moments, God is still there. God is still in those, those moments. He's still waiting. He, and in those valley moments, He's just waiting for our heart to turn towards Him. He's just waiting. Will you have faith enough to see the mountaintop tomorrow? Will you have faith enough to walk through this valley and see that I am victorious, to see that I am faithful, to see that my word, my promises are still true today and tomorrow and for the future? but it takes faith and possibility. Sometimes when we're in the midst of the valley, it's hard to see the end in sight. David walked some pretty dark valleys. Some pretty dark valleys. I remember walking through one with our our youngest, well, really all our kids. There were moments where with Maya, they're like, you know what, you shouldn't have her. She's only got one cord feeding her. You know, she's going to be stillborn. Those whole things, those valley moments where we had to pray and we had to declare. There were those moments where as Je- uh, Judah was born, we would run youth events and we would see, you know, a thousand, two thousand young ones come, hundreds make decisions. And then as we're driving up the driveway, we're getting home and Carolina's mum would look after judah and and i remember one night he was just born within six months and i I remember that night where i walked into the room and he was blue in that moment we had to pick him up we did the whole thing you know he survived he's running around today but those moments of god here's the mountaintop we're seeing salvation take place but yet something's attacking my family Someone's attacking my, the devil is attacking my my loved ones and I had to pray and believe and have faith that God, you know what, you've put us in this place and no matter how many attacks that I have against my family, my kids, I'm still going to stand. I'm going to stand in the the moment of faith, the moment of possibility. And, And it wasn't once that it happened, it was a number of times that it happened to him and and so we got him checked out. We go in there like, you know what? He's, he's going to have epilepsy. He's going to have these things and they're trying to... But it's like, yeah, but he hasn't got any of the symptoms. Like, yeah, but him convulsing and going blue and all that, On that's part of it. Like, no, not in this house. They're those valley moments where you pull back, you pray, you believe, you have the faith. Though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, David, a king, wanted to kill him. His family was dysfunctional. Even a son, his own flesh and blood, wanted to take his throne. Winston Churchill made the statement, if you're going through hell, keep going. Unfortunately, a lot of us just park there. Well, this is my lot in life. Well, this is just what happens to me all the time. And we just settle. But I want to say that we have a God that just doesn't settle. He doesn't settle for average. He settles for the best. He doesn't settle for mediocre. He settles for the best. For the best. But at the end of the day, he came to this realisation. God was with him and his word comfort him. Yeah, you know, The key for getting through the valleys is the word of God, the spirit of God. As if you're going through a valley today, pick up the word of God. Stand in faith. Believe within all your heart. In other words, how's your proximity with God? How's your proximity with God? Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous hand. He'll uphold you with his righteous hand. Today, if you're in the valley, lift your eyes to heaven. Take hold of the promises he has put before you. He will strengthen you. He will help you. He will hold you he will hold you. David knew this. The first thing he did was he threw himself face first into the arms of God. In those moments, throw yourself face first into God, into his love, into his mercy, into his salvation, into his transforming power. Don't lose hope and the last one is i will dwell in the house of the lord forever he had a resolve if you look through david's life he always had one desire that he'd be located in the presence of god the first desire is that he would always be located in the presence of god david's second desire when he became king that israel would be located in the presence of god when he took over to become king, he realized that the ark was not there. The ark in that day represented the presence of God. It represented God was with him. What did he do? His first thing was to go and get the ark. Sent 30,000 men down to get the ark. Brings the ark back. Has a little bit catastrophe on the way there. The ark falls off the cart. Someone goes out to hold it. They die. Jesus, is, uh, God's angry against David for the way that he's moved the ark because there's a certain way you have to do it. David gets a little bit grumpy. He leaves the ark there, goes back to his palace and after three months he gets a report of how much, where he's left the ark, the guy's property is flourishing, he's prospering. David's like, what's happening? He learns, he gets into the word of God, he learns the ways of God goes back and does it properly. But in that moment, his whole desire was that the nation, the nation would know the presence of God. The nation would know the presence of God. You know, we can be tired, weary, emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that he injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. Energy, power, and strength. You know, today, uh, I want to go back to Romans 15, 13. Today, I want to say that I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with a confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Him, there is no lack, no fear, just His presence. Today, church, can you walk in confidence? Are you walking in confidence?